You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Whether you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox or a daughter who wants to connect with her dad, or even a mom who wants to support your daughter's relationship with her father, you're invited to join the conversation today. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome back to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I'm so thrilled and honored and excited that you're here today, especially if you're a dad who not only wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox, which happens to be the topic today, which I've never done in all the years that I've had this podcast going since 2016, but in essence, I want you, Dad, to be the hero you want to be and the dad that you want and need to be to your daughters and your sons. And really what that means is that as you are more resourced with more tools in your toolbox, the better dad you'll be. I mean, think about your workshop in your garage or in a shed. I mean, don't you want more than two or three tools in there that you always use? I mean, even though that might be some, you know, might be the reality, at the end of the day, the more tools you have, the more efficient you are in fixing things that are broken, and in doing jobs that need to be done. Same as a dad. So today on the Dad Whisperer podcast, it's part two of 10 grounding tools for your fathering toolbox. Last time, I knew that was a lot of content. It'd be better to break it up so that you could practice the first five things. And now we'll continue with the second five. I'm not even going to repeat the on your mark, get set, go because you know it already. And so this now is the get set part so that you have ways to ground yourself, calm yourself, soothe yourself when you're activated, intense, overwhelmed, all those words that really express out of control. And I have my heart really reaching out to you from my heart to your heart, because where do we learn these things? If we don't learn them in school, which we don't. If we don't learn them in church, which we don't, where do we learn these things? How do we activate? I I really would say not only how do we activate calming resources, that's called parasympathetic nervous system activity, in order to combat or deal with or deactivate responses from our sympathetic nervous system, which lead to fight, flight, faint, freeze, and fawn, which is kind of that submissive, kind of a a stance of default and kind of deflation. And really, at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but I don't hear a lot of people that know what to do with their body. And I think sometimes, sadly, we say, pray about it or read a verse. But when our body is in a state where we don't feel safe, we're in fight, flight, freeze, fawn, faint, we aren't in a place to take in much more because think of it this way if your cup is full all the way to the top the next thing you know when it's that little bubble at the top right of the cup it just pushes it over the top and sometimes we look at that last thing and think why did i hit an eight nine or ten on a zero to ten scale when it was really a one two or three it means because there was a lot already in that glass 
or in that cup so that that last thing just put it over the edge. So these tools in your fathering toolbox to help you ground basically are helping there be almost like picture a little valve at the bottom of that cup or glass that's allowing some of that water to already drain out the bottom so that you're not ready to blow or go over the top when your daughter or your son just pushes that last button, gets on your last nerve, does that one thing that you hate and you pretty much go ballistic, but it's because there's already so much intensity inside and you do not know what to do to lower that arousal system. And maybe you either heard from your mom or dad, and I'm going to focus more on fathering, so I'll say from your dad or you as a dad, where you say, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And you yell that to your daughter or your son. Remember that this front part of our brain where we do make good decisions, sound decisions, good judgment, wise decisions, that part of our brain is not fully formed till we're 25. So when you have a response, even yourself, where that mid part of your brain, it's called the limbic system, it's back, you know, think of the center of your brain and then go in. That part of your brain, when it gets activated, it floods. It's called your frontal prefrontal cortex, that front part of your brain. It goes offline for you and your kids and nobody is making a good decision. So that line of what were you thinking is probably one to remove from your vocabulary when there's intensity because nobody's thinking. We're thinking with with emotion, not thinking with rationale and good judgment and wise decision-making skills because we're flooded in that moment. And so these tools today, dad, help you lower that intensity, lower and decrease your arousal so that you can respond where that front part of your brain gets back online. And to state the obvious, these are all tools that you can then not only live out and model in front of your kids, but number two, you can teach them to do because they're going to follow your lead. Oh my goodness, how much joy I would have to hear of homes where dad first activated all 10 of these tools. And then I hear from you because you write me at drmichelletthedadwhisperer.com and tell me stories of how your family dynamics begin to change with more calm at home, more peace at home, less yelling and people going off the handle and it being a free-for-all where no one knows when you're going to step on a landmine. And maybe you grew up in a home like that and you're still dealing with the overflow or the consequences of those wounds or those injuries. And so dad, today, I want you to be the dad you need to be and want to be and the man you need and want to be. And I guarantee you, I'm giving you the best I have from 27 years of clinical practice as a counselor, licensed professional counselor, and years and years of continuing ed. I need 40 hours every other year, so add it up over those years. I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of continuing ed and training and teaching myself because I'm always wanting myself to grow and enhance my skill set. So I trust that this conversation is giving you something you don't have. And that's why I would say in the seven years since I've been doing this show, this is one of the conversations I am most excited about. I'm almost wondering why I never thought to do this before now, but I'm thrilled that for right now, you and I are sitting down and I even had you kind of visualize, like I said, in the first part is that I want you dad's 
to picture yourselves, again, running side by side in your fathering race, but that you're all coming into my office as a coach or my living room at my house. You know, we're going to have a barbecue. Come here, come here. I'm like, everybody take a seat. We're all going to sit in the same room and we're, we're just having a coaching conversation where I'm teaching you some things, some plays, if you want to use a sporting analogy, that you've not learned before. And there's no harm, no foul, no shame in not knowing what you don't know. But now's the time to put these tools into action. And if you're ready for that, you're going to love part two of today's conversation, 10 Grounding Tools for Your Fathering Toolbox. Okay, let me review. Hopefully you can say these with me because you already have been activating them in the time since we last talked. So the first one, breathing, right? How many in, how many out? Inhale at the count of four. One, two, three, four, out. Two, three, four, five, six. Let me tell you a story. Years ago, when I was living in Oregon, my sister had a friend, believe it or not, took scuba diving. I mean, who takes scuba diving in Oregon? It's freezing in the Pacific Ocean on that part of the continent, not like Hawaii. But she did it with her husband. And she kept with, you know, takes a little training class. She kept panicking when she would start to go down, have to come back up to the boat. She'd start to go down, come back up to the boat. And finally, her instructor said, what are you thinking about? She's like, I don't know. He goes, are you thinking about getting to the bottom? Are you trying to visualize getting there? She goes, well, of course, because that's my goal. He said, I don't want you to do that this time. All I want you to do is focus on your breath and follow your breath. So she puts the, you know, oxygen on. She's got the mask on, the tank on her back. She's not thinking it's going to be any different, but she's like in or, you know, out to, and just focused on her breath. We also call that following your breath. And she went all the way to the bottom. Whoa, there is something powerful that happens when you focus on your breath. So when things feel out of control, get back right here, right now to center. Okay. Okay. Number two, UFO hold the frontal unwinding frontal occipital hold. Okay. That's number two, one hand on the front of your forehead, the other on the back of your head. Okay. Number three, tapping bilateral stimulation. So hands can be on the top of your legs. You remember that going on a bear hunt, going on a bear hunt. And then you repeat going on a bear hunt. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I got my gun because I got my gun. Of course, they wouldn't like that in Oregon, but there you go. My dad's been a hunter forever. Okay, I digress. Back to the analogy. Listen to this. This is how it goes. Can't go over it. Can't go over it. This is why you're still tapping on your legs. Can't go under it. Can't go under it. Can't. Oh, so over, under, can't go around it. Can't go around it. Gotta go through it. Gotta go through it. I don't know if you ever did that as a kid, but I did. So you tap on one thigh and then the other, and you kind of do that. But there's so much truth in that. Is that at the end of the day, we can't go around or under or over things. We have to go through them. And so to have tools in your toolbox where you can ground is really, really powerful. The next one I taught you was humor. This is this idea of laughter, activating laughter. If you're really heavy, it's not making fun of anything, but it's saying, I'm going to initiate something that lightens the heaviness that I'm feeling. It might be a sitcom. It might be Googling, you know, on in your search engine, something about laugh, you know, videos to make me laugh or 
children laughing. Sometimes you can just hear the sound of laughter and it will activate laughter. You can also do this with someone. So together you're doing, you know, kind of an exercise in laughter together. And then what happens is that's a reciprocal exchange where the laughter bounces off of one onto the other. I mean, joy exchanges, Jim Wilder's cited research on this, where there are six cycles per second. I don't know how they do that. Can can quantify that. But that's what they say, six cycles per second of of a joy exchange between two people when someone is happy to see me. So when you are activating laughter, dad, that is literally strengthening long-term relationships and reinforcing social bonding. So how's that for a powerful resource? Okay, number six, music. We know, you know, biblical story, King Saul, intense, angry. He would not be, it doesn't sound like the easiest person to follow as a leader. And he would invite David before he was king to come and play a harp. He would soothe the king with playing music. You know that. I'm sure we've all experienced that, that music can take us back to another time. It can take us in our minds to where we were when we first heard that song. So I would encourage you on this one, play music like happy music, I guess we could say soothing music, right? Not not hard rock. We're like, oh, I love it. It's getting the intensity out. Though, to tell you the truth, if that's what you need, it's like Ritalin. You know, it's speed. It matches the intensity and takes you down. If that's what you need, do it. But then see if you can move to more calming music that lowers that arousal system and allows that fight, flight, freeze, fawn, faint, those responses to, to literally come down in intensity as that music washes over you. Notice what you feel as you soak in the sounds, the lyrics, if there are lyrics. Just notice what happens in your body because research shows that by listening to intonations of music while you slowly exhale, it can not only stimulate lowering your blood pressure, but it's a way that you can learn to calm yourself. So it's a beautiful and powerful tool. There's beauty in music. It allows your whole being to be soothed and calmed in a really beautiful, proactive way. And I know I'm using the word beautiful, which I don't always use. I try to be careful with that word with men. doesn't tend to be, right? A term that you use all the time as men. But I use that word here with music because there's beauty, right, in that in that creation. Whoever made that song and put it together made that sound And as you even envision connecting perhaps with the person that wrote it might be a way to feel connected even when you're alone listening to music and the beauty of it washes over your distressed soul and your emotions and your body. Okay, that's number six. Number seven is safe touch. So you know that this is a way, right, that you can disrupt stress levels and decrease emotional distress because our nervous system actually needs interactions with other safe people. And you heard me use this term in the first part, but it's called co-regulation. That's what a mother does. You have done this perhaps when your kids were little, maybe you still do now, that when they're distressed and they can run into your arms or you sing a song over them, it helps them ground because you you are safe touch you know home base you're the safe touch home base because you are the place where they can melt and for you to be able to with yourself allow yourself to receive safe touch or give safe touch sometimes even in the giving it could be with an animal it can be with 
a child, with a spouse, with a friend, is that safe touch hugging. It literally gives your whole being a gift that we so readily give to little kids, infants, toddlers, babies. But what happens when we get older? Sometimes that failure to thrive is because we're not getting enough, what I call safe touch. And I always say we hurt within the context of relationship and we heal within the context of relationship. So when you allow yourself to receive that gift of comforting, safe touch from someone where you may just say, I need a hug, when everything in you wants to do flight or fight, I would encourage you to turn toward and say, I need a hug right now. I mean, I think of times even in in my adult life where my dad used to sing this old spiritual that his mom or I think it was his mom would sing to him about Uncle Ned. And my dad would literally go, do you need me to sing you Uncle Ned with kind of a funny voice and tap on his lap and I'd come over and it was goofy, but it actually was a really sweet gift that my dad gave me of combining, like I've told you, you can combine all 10 of these, but combining music and safe touch is a really powerful way, again, to lower your whole intense arousal system. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the last few and we will land this plane where you have 10 grounding tools for your fathering toolbox. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Okay, welcome back. Oh my goodness. I've used the word flooded. I've taught you that word, right? When your midbrain, the emotional center, literally drowns or floods your prefrontal cortex, that front part of your brain, your, your frontal cortex. And that means you're kind of overwhelmed and overloaded and flooded. You might be feeling that about now with all this information I'm giving you. But dad, really my, my hope, my trust here is that with these tools in your fathering toolbox, that you will be able to ground yourself and stabilize in order to have the overflow out of you be such that it lines up with your values, with the truth of who you are. Because we've all, myself included, made mistakes of going, I was so activated. I was in an eight, nine, or 10 on a zero to 10 scale. Like I taught you last time, that's old stuff. But still, it's no fun to be there and it takes a long time to recuperate. So being able to ground yourself on the ground, feet on the ground, you're stabilized. You're not floating off into the, you know, off into the ionosphere and the clouds going, I am not really dealing with life right here on the ground. These are practical ways that you can ground yourself. Okay, number eight. This one is simply called 54321. Okay, say that after me. 54321. Okay, what this is, 
is that sometimes when we get activated, overwhelmed, overloaded, flooded, we lose touch with reality. Like I said, if you hit an eight, nine, or 10, you're partly divided. You've got one foot in the present, but you've got one foot in the past. So a practical way to ground yourself in the present is to take your senses, your five senses, right? Hearing, sight, smell, taste, touch, and combining that with what's around you in the present so that you're not floating off. We call that dissociation, perhaps, where you're not really here, but you're here. And you're allowing yourself to get grounded with where you are in space and time. Okay. So we just call this five, four, three, two, one. I've had so many of my clients now in, you know, I'm waving at three decades here now, tell me that this has been one of their most used, most effective tools for grounding. I usually start with five things you can see. It doesn't matter which sense you use. So don't worry about going as it's always five I can see, always four I can touch. You can put them in any order that you want. But I usually say five you can see because it's easiest. So like right now sitting here, I would tell you, what do I see? I see a lamp. I see a picture on the wall in front of me. I see my computer. I see the microphone. And I see some flowers on a, on a stand in a vase to the right of me. So I've looked from left to right. I just kind of did that on the fly. But what that did is it moved my head to the right and the left. And I'm now more grounded here because I'm not just in my head or in my past where I've kind of disconnected from the present and I'm triggered way back there, right? Eight, nine, or 10. It's always that wiring behind the wall that was installed years ago. So five things I can see. Now I'm going to just do four I can touch. Okay, so I'm touching my paper in front of me. I'm touching the microphone. I'm touching my sweater and I'm touching my phone. Okay. So I'm touching things. A lot of times, if you can even touch things like, like right now I'm reaching over and touching the flowers. And what I notice is they have a lot different feel than my phone. So you maybe want to touch the fabric on the chair you're in or the, the seat in the car if you're sitting there or your hair, like something that feels different in terms of texture to really remind your body you're here. Let's do three things I can smell. Sometimes that's a hard one, but I may smell those flowers. I may smell my wrist to see if the cologne I put on this morning, I can still smell or, okay, I know I'm being goofy, smell under your arms. I mean, there, you're activating the humor, the laughter, right? You might go, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did this. But it it helps to, to really enliven you. You think about people that faint, they get smelling salts. Our olfactory, that's our, our smell, that, that part of our sensory system is strongest. So we remember smells oftentimes longer than other things. So activating smell, you might have that be the one that you do five. Four, three, two, one. Like you might do five smells. Great. Smell clothing. Smell your animal. Smell a book. Whatever you want. There's, but there's three. And let's say two things you can hear. So it might be the cars going by. Sometimes I will snap my fingers and say, I, I hear my finger snap or clap. You can make a sound if there isn't a sound, or you can hear the fan overhead, but you stop for a minute and listen. Now, For the number one, you can always do the one sense that you didn't do, but I tend to, with my clients, say, say one thing you're proud of in yourself 
or one thing you're grateful for. And the reason I do that is it kind of moves out then of my sensory awareness into I'm now cognitive again and thinking about something I'm grateful for or proud of. Even with my, I'm proud I'm doing this right now. I'm proud of myself for holding my tongue or that kind of thing. Okay, so that's tool number eight, five, four, three, two, one. Tool number number nine, tool number nine. Now you might not like this one, men, but I, I'm putting it in here on purpose and it is journal. Now in your journal, you can either write or which is more left brain. You're putting all the L words, language, it's linear, it's logical. That's left brain words or right brain is more collage. You could put that in a journal if you would rather do something more abstract where you get magazines and put that in there. But I'm going to stay more with the left brain, the journal idea. Even if you don't consider yourself to be a writer, I strongly encourage you to begin developing a rhythm, a a way of learning. You'll learn on the job. You'll learn as you go by saying, it could be short sentences. I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate my life. Da, da, da. It could just be sentences like that, or it might be, I'm so confused by, by my wife. All I do is feel like I can't do anything right if you're overwhelmed. So I'm not doing positive ones because I'm talking about venting on paper and giving yourself a voice. Sometimes what happens on the inside is I call it a hamster wheel where we just roll over and roll over. We're running the same script, but it's like going around on a wheel in a hamster cage where we don't get anywhere, but we're exhausted. And often by getting it out onto paper, or I've had, I've had many male clients, probably more than I can count, that put notes in their phone. So they're typing it in. But I'm telling you, I love it, especially when my male clients bring their notebooks and they're like, here's what I've been writing. Hey, I had a question for you hey, I just was thinking about this thing and wrote a couple bullet points, but they're getting out what's there because so often later we go, what was I, what was I so mad? I can't remember what I was mad about or what I was thinking about. And having it dated and documented gives you also a way to ground in space and time. And it becomes like a time capsule to show what you're learning, how you're growing, where you're confused, what you felt. And I have lived this. I have journals all the way back to when I was in high school. I had a wake up call. I'm not I'm not going to lie, probably about five years ago, I was preparing to go to speak to some high schoolers and I dug out my old tubs from all the years where I've been a prolific journaler. And I pulled out, I found my high school journal and I was so excited because I always thought I was so deep in high school. I ran so deep. Oh my goodness. I wrote on the front, dear God letters. I would say, dear God, it had nothing as I saw in real time to do what I wrote had nothing to do with real prayers. They were complaining about my complexion, complaining about my weight, and complaining about boys. Are you kidding me? I thought I was so mature. Apparently, I wasn't. But I was right where I should be at that age, right? That's where we live when we're a teenage girl. And I look back now and think, how was I complaining about my weight? I was fine. But at the time, That was what was going on. And I wouldn't have remembered it had I not written it down. So dad, I encourage you to begin establishing some kind of a pattern. Write what you're learning out of your quiet time, out of the Bible or out of a book you're reading. Write it down. Put a quote from a book and why you like it. Begin to establish a pattern of putting what's going on in your inner world into writing. And I guarantee it will help give you an outlet for the intensity. Okay, You ready for the 10th one? And this sort of is a little bit what I just talked about, but your 10th one is connect with your spiritual resources. 
So when things on a horizontal level, right, are overwhelming and you're flooded, this is the time to activate what I call your vertical resource, right? And if you're someone that loves Jesus and loves God the Father, loves Holy Spirit, the three-in-one, you may say, oh, I already do this one or I love this one. This is my strongest resource. Good, then you want to work on the other nine. You maybe have this one down. Or you may be a man that's saying, that is the hardest one for me because I've been hurt by my dad and projected that you know, onto God and I can't do the church thing or the prayer. It just triggers me. And so that's one that I really struggle with. Perhaps this is where you want to start so that you can tap into unseen, powerful resources of connecting to God. You may say higher power, but some resource where you're saying, I'm listening. Maybe it's even using some of those other tools of visualizing a safe place and having a conversation where you listen back. I mean, right, we read in John 10, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. He's talking to us. And so being able to just quiet yourself when you're distressed, you might do breathing and UFO hold and visualize safe place and then combine it with this one while you're playing music and then having your journal there to write something. See, these work great together while you're doing five, four, three, two, one, and on it goes. And the reason I put collage earlier is sometimes you may not know what words to put. You can get a magazine and I know that doesn't tend to be a lot of men's really first choice. Like, yay, I'm a I'm a journaler and a collager. But guys, I'm giving you practical ideas that work. These are tested, they are tried, and they are true. They are trustworthy, and they work. I promise you. I've worked with so many people over, you know, coming close on three decades here, and over and over, I can tell you story after story of men and women who say, these things literally moved me out of my post-traumatic stress disordered responses into healthier behaviors, more grounded responses, and they are better for it. And that's what I want for you dads. I want you to have these resources in your fathering toolbox so that you, as I've said repeatedly, are a better you, that you're living out of who you really are, not out of what was done to you, where you're still carrying around maybe your dad's toolbox and he handed it to you and that's the one you maybe reach in and grab a tool from more often than your own. So dad, today, this is your own toolbox. I'm handing it to you right now from me to you. It's time for you to put your own name on your own toolbox. You may even today want to go to Home Depot. I actually ordered my red toolbox on Amazon and get one today and write down these 10 things, put them in there. So it's a visual to remind you when I am flooded, I'm going to go look at that visual, that red toolbox or whatever color you want. And I'm going to take out one of the resources and you practice them week after week, month after month, year after year, so that these become your locked and loaded go-tos so that you get to stay feet on the ground to be the best dad and best man you want to be and need to be. Okay, I'm going to review all 10 so that you have these locked and loaded. And I encourage you, Put these into practice and write me at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. Let me know how this transforms your life and your family's life as you then model this to them and teach them the things I'm teaching you. Okay, number one, breathing. Number two, UFO, hold. Unwinding, frontal occipital, hold. Three, tapping. That's that bilateral stimulation. Four, 
visualize a safe place. Five, humor and laughter. Six, music. Seven, safe touch, give or receive, or both. Eight is five, four, three, two, one, right? With your five senses to ground in space and time. Number nine is journal. You can do that with words, which is activating left brain, or in your journal, you can do something with your right brain where you have one book where you put and record your thoughts, your confusion, your questions, your dreams, your prayers. You can put that all in one place. And collaging is more right brain that you can cut out things already in a magazine and put them in there to help give a voice if you don't have one because the words and the pictures are already there. So that's number nine. And number 10 is connect with your spiritual resources. Well, dad, on your mark, part one and part two have been 10 grounding tools for your fathering toolbox. I trust that this has been helpful and will be life-changing for you. Well, this wraps up another week's program. I have loved, loved, loved being here with all of you in my living room as we've sat around and I've coached you through this process. Well, I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you, Dad, to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in yourself, which will then have a ripple effect to lead and love your daughters and your sons. Go Dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. To find out how you can invite Dr. Michelle for your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com and click on the speaking tab. That's drmichellewatson.com. Dr. Michelle loves bringing practical insights she gleaned over the past few decades to audiences of teenagers, young adults, men's groups, or women's forums. Once again, go to drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com for more information on the books, resources, and blogs that she has available. Remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.